You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Okay, folks, March 11th, March 11th, Bonnie and I will be doing a live podcast from the Village Underground, Alive, My Wife Hates Me. Please go to ComedyCellar.com under Feature Events. You can buy your tickets. It is March 11th, 8 o'clock. We will have a celebrity guest marriage counselor come in. It's going to be great. It's going to sell out. So get your tickets now. ComedyCellar.com, Feature Event, live podcast. It's your old pal, Dr. Steve. I recently bought a car, and during the process, I thought to myself, there has to be a better way. What a pain. Then I heard about TrueCar.com, a new way to buy a car. At TrueCar.com, you actually see what others paid for the car you're looking for in your area, so you know when you're getting a great price. I went to TrueCar.com and found I would have saved $2,000. I recommend you do the same. At TrueCar.com, just take your savings certificate to a TrueCar certified dealer and forget about the hassle of the old way to buy a car. TrueCar users save an average of $3,000 off the sticker price. So if you're ready to buy a car, why wouldn't you go to TrueCar.com? Negotiation-free, guaranteed savings, a hassle-free experience, and a TrueCar certified dealer that is committed to a new and better way to buy a car. Save time, save money, never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. Weird Medicine contains mature content and may be offensive to some listeners. Oh no, oh no! Offended. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease. So I'm paging Dr. Steve. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of radio. Now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal GVAC. Hello, GVAC. Good afternoon, everybody. Fuck P.A. John, everybody. Fuck you. <laughs> this is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question, you're embarrassed to take your regular... Uh, medical provider if you just can't find an answer anywhere else give us a call 347-766-4323 that's 347 poohead if you're listening to us live the number is 754-227-3647 that's 754 double deuce penis <laughs> not sure what that pause was about or 754 bare nip Follow our Twitter feed at, at Weird Medicine. Visit our website at weirdmedicine.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician's assistant, pharmacist, 
chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, or whatever. All right. So, very good. Hey, so, GVAC. Yes, sir. Uh, this is uh, show number 94. Whoa. We're means, closing in on a centennial. I know. <laughs> and it's such an artificial thing. I've <laughs> said this before. You know, the only reason we celebrate 100 shows is because we count. We have 10 fingers. Right, right. And that's how we learn to count. And uh, so, you know, if we had eight fingers, our 64th show would be a big deal or, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Uh, or 12 fingers, it would be our 144th show. So it's, The fives and tens are a big deal with yeah, people, 25th, a, 50th. I think a million downloads is a bigger deal, and actually we'll probably hit that by the time we hit our 100th show. Perfect. So um, now – you know, Mark Marin does a million in a month. Right. It's taken us two years to get to a million. <laughs> so that gives you any idea the difference between our show and his show. Yeah. Anyway, that's all right. You know. Listen, you didn't start out as a, uh, you know, world famous uh, stand up comedian or anything like that. He, you know, I, I, I really like him. Um, the time that I really sort of took notice of him was when he was on Opie and Anthony and he read a letter that he wrote to his, I think, soon-to-be ex-wife. Right. And it was so angry yeah. and heartfelt. Acidic. And it was like, dude, don't read this on the air. But you just, it was like a train wreck. You couldn't turn your head away. And I, I guess that's what his podcast is is really stemmed from. Right, you know, right. Him just sitting down and ranting. And people are attracted to that. Yeah, and, and people come by his, how I think he does it in his garage. And, you yeah. know, they just... Come on by and sit there. Yeah, maybe I should get more angry. The angry Dr. Steve show. I like it. <laughs> we might attract more I listeners. like it. Screaming and cursing at the people yeah. who call in. Well, what the well, fuck's wrong with you? I would never do that. Because we have a policy now that it, uh, well, from the beginning, that we don't want to make anybody sorry that they called us. But there's shit that I'm pissed about. Yeah. yeah. That I could rant and rave about. Sure, I'm sure. I was ranting and raving at the uh, at the liquor store the other day because... I, I just I don't understand what politicians are thinking with this whole pot thing. Okay, so in the way I understand it in California, it's legal to sell it as uh, medicine, but it's not legal to produce it. Now, if somebody knows more about it, let me know. But so these stores are selling all this pot, but it just magically appears on their on their shelves, you know, because That's, yeah. Uh, it's apparently not legal to uh, manufacture it. Now, in Colorado, the um, the stores that are selling it for recreational use have to produce, I think, 80% of their own marijuana. Okay, so they have to have a farm or a greenhouse somewhere. Right, and I guess most of them are doing greenhouse stuff in the back. Yeah. And. Uh, that's like telling a liquor store, well, you can sell liquor, but you have to have a still in the back. Yeah, and really, you have to your make own. your own whiskey, scotch, beer. <laughs> and those fucking guys, I mean, God bless them at the liquor store, but I don't, I trust them to sell me liquor. I don't trust them to make it. Right, Because, right. well, and it's no flies on them. They're just not experts in making alcohol. Sure. So um, I, I really think if you're going to do this, you have to do it right, and you have to license the manufacturer, just like we do with alcohol, and then tax the fuck out of it, yep. and then, uh, uh, um, and then license the transporting of it, just like right. we do alcohol, right. and then tax the shit out of that, yep. and then um, uh, regulate the sale of it. You know, in places like liquor stores that are 
um, um, set up to card people and are used to that kind of thing. Yeah. You ever been in the supermarket buying like a six pack and like there's like a 16 year old kid ringing you up and then you have to hold the whole line up because they have to get an adult to come over and well, ring it up? Well, at the one that I go to, they just ask you to scan it in. Oh, really? Can you scan this in for me? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. So they can't, they can touch it before and after, but they can't touch it. As it goes through the scanner. All right. So they're not technically allowed to sell it to you, I guess. I I guess. I guess that's the law. Like a 16-year-old can't be selling That is such a fucking technicality. I know. It's weird. It's really weird. Well, anyway. And uh, the the other thing with these pot stores is uh, just until recently, it was not legal for them to deposit their money in a bank. No kidding. Nope. Because the federal government um, regulates the banks, and the feds say it's not legal, but the state's saying it is legal. So the banks wouldn't take their money, and the credit card companies wouldn't process their credit card transactions. So they would have these boatloads of fucking cash. Well, and what's going to happen when you've got some little store owner who has, um, you know, a back room filled to the top with breaking bad levels of cash? They're going to be targets for criminals. Of course, of course. So some of these places were having to uh, send 12 people out at noon, and only one of them actually had money in the briefcase. Oh, you got to be kidding. The, no, I'm not kidding. And some of them were uh, plastering cash in walls and putting it in vaults. And now, what do, what um, when, you, when you have cash and you put it in a mattress, who is that helping? Yeah. Nobody. Yeah. The the whole purpose of putting money into a bank is so that the bank can turn around and low it or loan it at a reasonable price so other people can build their business. Right. And uh, when you just hoard money like that, it's not helping anyone. And all this money that's supposed to be funneling into the economy isn't it's being stopped by the fact that we have a banking system that's not accepting their do- their deposits. Yeah, they really got to figure this whole thing well, out. Well, I heard that that has been fixed and uh pretty soon they're going to be able to at least deposit their money and uh they need to be able to take credit cards so that they don't have all this cash lying around. Yeah. Because you know, you don't stick up um a a store that only that doesn't have any cash. Yeah. Yeah, know? yeah, that's it. That's so, it. So Take credit cards. Don't even accept cash. That's what I would do. Yeah. And uh, if I owned one of those places, it'd be credit card only, and the stuff goes straight into the bank, and then you pay your employees by direct deposit, and everybody's fine. Right, right. So anyway. Paper, right. Everything totally paperless. I'm just pissed because they they kind of half-assed this stuff. Yeah. They Yes, they legalized it, but they didn't really. They didn't think about what that entails. And the, right. And the, all these unintended consequences because of half-assing the fucking law. Yeah. And, um, you know, and people were getting hurt because of it. You know, there's a, there's a um, head shop in Knoxville, and it has some local commercials run that crack me up every time. They really? They got this just stoner dude like... We've got pipe. They teach you how to build bongs and stuff like that. <laughs> Come on for our bong building class. And he's baked out of his mind. And then at the end of the commercial, he always goes, all products for tobacco use only. <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, would you do me a favor, by the way? Go let P.A. John in. I think I accidentally locked the front door. Sure. Okay. All right. I'm going to take Bob's call. Bob, you're uh, area code 330. You're on Weird Medicine. Hey, Dr. Steve. Hey, man. How's it going? And fuck you, P.A. John, for being late. That's right. Fuck him. <laughs> I got a problem. I when I'm when I'm laying down or something like that. Sometimes you know, I, I, between my belly button and my cock, if you press on that area down there, it, it really hurts. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, don't press there anymore. I, I get that <laughs> right, right, but, right. Uh, um, <laughs> but or, and sometimes it just aches there. Is that my prostate or what's going on there? Well, um, between the belly button and the pubic area, there isn't a whole lot at the midline. So, how how much do you weigh, by the way? I mean, have you got a big gut? No, not really. About two hundred pounds, five ten. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, not. Um, there is uh, very little tissue between there that isn't intestine. But then you also have, uh, if, as you work your way down from the belly button, you have. Uh, small intestine and a- aorta and stuff way far back, and on either side you've got kidneys, but that's those are even up a little bit farther up, back up under the rib cage. So as you work your way down from the belly button, uh, small intestine and then bladder, and then as you go down a little bit farther, you're right prostate and then cock and balls. So uh, there isn't a whole lot that it could be other, th- and then there's lots of muscles and stuff in there too. Hello, PA John. Hello, Steve. Um, any excuses for being late today? Nope. So you've already gotten fuck you'd about three times. <laughs> and two demerits. <laughs> Once by the listener, but that's on the phone right now. Um, but anyway, but welcome. Glad you're, you're here. Um, we don't want to do very many shows without PA John. Um, so anyway, uh, so and and then there's muscle tissue. You know, obviously uh, connective tissue and uh, uh, muscle and fat and stuff. So. Uh, it has to be one of those things, and and there's some nerves in there too. That if you wear too tight pants, sometimes you can uh, put pressure on one of those nerves, and uh, well, cause, every day I do that. Cause yeah, okay, <laughs> and cause a pain syndrome there as well. I would, uh, if you were my patient, I'd lay you down and I'd start poking around on your abdomen and try to pinpoint where that pain is. Is it superficial? Is it at the level of the muscles and skin, or is it deep? And uh, if it's deep, then uh, you may have a uh, um, a low-grade uh, infection uh, somewhere between the small intestine and the uh, and the bladder. And uh, but you know we need we need more information. It's a little hard to say, obviously, because I'm just sort of wandering around this thing. Um, do you have any problems when you uh, urinate or move your bowels or anything like that? Well, I've got IBS quite a bit, and I also uh, and I uh, I pee a lot. Okay. Okay. So who knows what that is? So any of the above. There is this thing that uh, we've talked about on this show before called small intestine bacterial overgrowth syndrome. Those people usually will complain of bloating and uh, nausea after they eat and some abdominal pain in the upper and lower abdomen. And, uh, you know, it, that's caused by uh, a bacterial overgrowth in the small intestine, hence the name. And uh, it's easily treated with antibiotics. So it, it's real difficult to make that diagnosis without seeing you. So, uh, you know, if this is something that bothers you, go see your doc, let them poke around, let us know what they find. Uh, it's hard for me to give you anything other than generalities, you know, with uh, the description. I mean, it's been this way for years. Yeah. And at, at one point I went to a urologist and he put me on, oh, gosh, it was, uh, it's one of those prostate uh, drugs. So I wasn't emptying my bladder. Okay. And uh, I can't remember what it was. Was it Flomax? But at one, one of the uh, Flomax, yeah. And it totally sucked my sex drive. And actually when I did want to have sex, the my uh, ejaculate was all weird, and I didn't want to oh. like it. You sure it wasn't Propecia? Because Propecia is something. No, it was Flomax. It was Flomax. Okay, 
Flomax, Flomax. Um, basically just opens up the sphincter. Did it make any difference with this pain and discomfort that you have? Uh, it didn't didn't feel like it did. No. Yeah. I'd if be I interested. Better there, but like, you know, I'll deal with the other consequences of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The cure was worse than the disease. Did they ever put you on antibiotics for this? Uh, I think years ago they put me on some uh, maybe Cipro or something like that. I can't remember for a prostate infection. Yeah, and did it help? Didn't really do much good. Okay. I mean, I, I went back several times. They put me on several different, and of course, it it, it kind of. I don't know whether it was the, it was the antibiotics or whether it just kind of goes to the ebbs and flows of being more painful and less painful. So yeah. I just yeah. want to deal with it a little bit more. Okay. It's a sharp pain or a dull pain? Um, it can't, when I'm just, when it's not being pressed on, it's kind of a dull pain. Yep. If you press on it, it just, it kind of smart. So it feels like it's deep. Hmm. Well, fuck, dude. I have no idea. <laughs> Congratulations, you stuffed Doctor Steve. Um, it's it has to be one of those structures, pretty much. And uh, this may be rather than going to a specialist, going to a generalist m- may help because they'll look at the big picture and look at everything. Whereas, you know, if you go to a tailor, you're going to get a new suit. If you go to a cobbler, you'll get a a new pair of shoes. And if you go to a urologist, you're going to get a urologic diagnosis. And if it isn't a urologic disease, then you're going to be barking up the wrong tree. So um, I think going, going to your primary care doc and tell them all the things that you've done, let them work you up. Heck, they may even want to get a CT scan on your belly just to make sure they're not missing something every once in a while. That'll lead you in the right direction. And uh, and then, if you know, if they've ruled out all the crappy stuff, then uh, symptom management, you know, just making sure that your symptoms are under control. They might try a smooth muscle relaxer. Or they might put you on, um, uh, and uh, how old are you, by the way? Forty. Forty. Little bit. Forty years old. Yeah. A, a little bit young to be having prostatic hypertrophy, but I would stick my finger up your butt and feel your prostate. <laughs> and because uh, he likes you. Yeah. And <laughs> if your prostate was enlarged or tender, I'd put you on a prolonged course of antibiotics. The thing about chronic prostatitis is that uh, you need to be on antibiotics for four to six weeks or you've got almost no hope of curing it. What happens if you had it and then you didn't do anything about it? Well, you just don't get better. The chronic prostatitis doesn't tend to spread or get worse and worse or anything. It just kind of smolders. And uh, there's this thing called chronic pelvic pain syndrome that uh, men will get, and that's felt to be a variant of chronic prostatitis as well. And uh, uh, but it's a four to six week course antibiotics. If they put you on a week or ten days, it's not enough. Yeah, I believe they put me on it before. It wasn't for that long. It was like three weeks at maximum. Yeah, well, three at three weeks you should have noticed something. So, and, and then the question is, did they put you on the right antibiotic? Uh, the the three that we usually use will be Cipro or a fluoroquinolone, uh, doxycycline, and or Bactrim, which is a sulfa drug. And uh, if they didn't put it, okay. I've heard of people being put on Zithromax, and uh, that's a five-day course, and it's not even close to going to do anything. Hmm. So, all right, Plus man. That's a Z-pack, right? Yep, that's right. That's right. Okay, cool. Okay, right, cool. Um, Thanks, yeah, just geez. check with your primary care. Tell them everything that you've done. That's what they're good at is uh, taking things that haven't worked before and ruling out stuff because of that and then going down a different tangent. Rather than going to a specialist, I would start with a primary care. All right, cool. Thanks All right, buddy. All right, let us know what they find, okay? Okay, I will. Okay, thanks, man. Good luck. All right, do you guys remember um, 
the interview we did with the rural escort. Yes. Okay, so uh, we've had people sending in questions for her. And we ran one on our SiriusXM show, and I've got one that we can do now, and we've got one for next week. Cool. And hopefully one for the week after. Beautiful. All right. So, oh, and by the way, uh, your old pal Dr. Steve got Logic Pro 10 for the Mac, and it's it, this is the – I wish they were a sponsor. I cannot say enough about this program. It New is toy. the coolest fucking thing. I've always wanted a vocorder. You know what a vocorder is, P.A. John? Yes. Okay. So, you know, that like uh, at, in that ELO song, Mr. Blue Sky in the middle, where they go, Mr. Blue Sky. That, that's what that's a vocorder. And it takes the envelope of speech and wraps it around a uh, played tone. How about Domo Arigato, Mr. Yeah, that Rato. might be. Uh, <laughs> I, I've heard of that song. I don't know that I've actually ever heard oh, it. Oh, it's horrific. Yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, so you'll hear, I, I did a production piece for the, uh, uh, to frame this, um, this little bit. And of course, like anyone else who has a new toy, I made the production piece way, way, way too long. <laughs> I mean, the intro has got to be 45 seconds long. It's stupid. It's stupid how long it is. But uh, tough shit. It's my new toy, and just uh, deal with it. Here we go. Let's go, Boston, (laughs) too. Let's go, Boston, too. Let's go, Boston, too. Hey, Dr. Steve. This is Tom from Oklahoma. I wanted to submit a question for your Ask the Prostitute bit. I've always wondered how caught up in the moment her clients get. How often do guys go down on her? And do they ever eat her ass? Hi, Tom. First, let me say thank you very much for your question. It's a very good question, actually. Well, um, first of all, uh, how caught up do they get in the moment? Well, Um, Usually that depends a lot on me. Just like you, when you go to work at your daily job, I'm sure you have days that you are on fire, and on day uh, you have days that maybe your performance isn't so great. Well, Tom, I have those too, and usually the client gets just as caught up in the moment as I let them. Um, They always have a good time, I can assure you that. Um, now, as far as uh, going down on me, now, that's interesting you ask because uh, a lot of people like to do that, and I find that rather repulsive, uh, <laughs> although wow. I do keep myself clean. I certainly do not think that everybody in my profession does the same, and I don't know where that thing has been, and I do not think I would put it in my mouth if I were a gentleman, but, uh, you know, a lot of guys like to do that, so uh, it's your dime, right? Uh, as far as eating my ass, uh, <laughs> yeah, that has happened. Uh, one of my personal rules is please stay away from my ass. As long as you do that, um, everything is great. So uh, I don't have it happen a lot. Most people obey the stay away from the ass rule. But, you know, if you want to lick around a little bit down there, again, it's something that I find rather repulsive. (laughs) But uh, if it floats your boat, hey, you know what? It takes all kinds to make the world go around, right? Well, 
Thanks for your question, Tom, and hopefully I'll talk to you soon. Ask a prostitute. <laughs> Ask a all right, all right, all right. I won't make you listen to the whole did, thing. Did she mean she, she finds oral sex disgusting, like, no. just as a person or no, because no, no, no. she's a prostitute? She's saying that people wanting to do that to her... It, uh, I thought she was like a chick she's that using didn't ter- like it. No, she's using tertiary thinking. She's saying, look, you don't know that I, my vagina isn't full of cups of of jizz. And, and what the hell are you doing going down there when you don't know how clean I keep myself? Even though she said I keep myself clean. Right. Not everybody in this profession does, and I don't understand why a guy would want to do that. Right. right. So, uh, And that's what she finds repulsive about it. I she is really owning this bit, by the way. She's taking this shit very seriously. Yeah, she's cool. She really is. Really, I, I really like her. So, Have you ever been with a woman like either of you guys that, that didn't like that, didn't like you going yes. down on her? Yeah, there's some women that are totally yep. uncomfortable with it. Like, no, 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 no. I don't right. want you down there and that and stuff like that. You know? It's yeah, weird. one of my best girlfriends was that way. She would yeah. never let me do that. And it's like, you have to let me do this because otherwise I'm just going to jizz in, you know, way too fast. <laughs> and it gives me something to do when I'm when I'm pulling out so that I don't jizz too quick and I can keep you going. You know, if you right. let me, um, if you let me do that, right. and this was before the age of rabbit dildos with the rotating pearls and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> which I could have just pulled that out and jammed it yeah. in. But that's fantastic. Oh, it was very irritating. Yours isn't yeah. built in with that already. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna if, if in the future we could have bionic peni and <laughs> and uh, yeah, I have the the rabbit rotating pearls uh, installed. You know the the that. Um, Whatever enhancement. <laughs> <laughs> the other things I really like, though, are those uh, disposable uh, gel cock ring vibrators. Have you seen those? Yeah, no. yeah. I've heard get them at Adam and Eve or any right. any sex shop, and it's a gel cock ring, so it doesn't help you stay erect. Mm-hmm. But it's got a little vibrator at the top, and it's battery um, uh, powered, and it's got spikes and shit on yeah, it. You know, little, little gel spikes, and you flip the switch on. And then you just jam your your dick in there and hold that the vibrator thing up against their uh, little man in a boat. <laughs> there you go. And you don't have to do anything. You can just sit there. Then what fun f- is that? No, I'm say, just saying. You, it, I'm not saying you have to. I'm just saying you could just do that. <laughs> I'm going to catch the rest of the game. Right. <laughs> but somehow you got to stay hard, just keeping it in there, like you know, like oh yeah, that's like tantric sex. You know, the tantric sex, you don't thrust and stuff. Yeah, it's just holding positions and stuff. This way, if you're doing tantric sex, at least it's not boring for her. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, well, all right, hell with both of you. It just sounds insane. Hi, Doctor Steve. My name is Steve. I'm from San Antonio, Texas. Um. Over the past year, I've gained about 25 pounds, um, and I've had issues with uh, heartburn for years, been on omniprazole, they've increased it, increased it, increased it, uh, now I'm up to twice a day, 50 milligrams. Um, then about six months ago, um, I noticed that my libido had pretty much gone next to nothing, of course I pissed off my fiance. And uh, went in, saw the doctor, they did a testosterone check, and I'm 27, almost 28 years old. 
Um, and it was down to a 412. Um, he also did some other tests. Of course, he did a complete panel at that time, and uh, some issues came up that were a little concerning to him uh, in regards to my liver um, panel that was run at the same time. Some of my levels were elevated, and of course, now we're on the track of he wants me to go get a sonogram. They want to do some nuclear testing to make sure that there's not something going on with that. Uh, and in the meantime, they pretty much refused to address the testosterone issue. Um, I'm constantly tired. I work sometimes 15, 16 hours a day and just have a hell of a time trying to do it. Okay. Wow, that's a multifaceted problem. So yes, and, and that's th- this illustrates this thing called the diagnostic cascade, where you go in looking for one thing and they find something else. Right. And now he went in because he's tired and his libido is low and he's got reflux, and now all of a sudden they're ordering nuclear tests on his liver. Right. Which I don't even know what the hell they're talking about. I have that. to ask you something really quick. I've always I, meant to ask you. When yeah, they yeah, say yeah. they test your liver, like what are they testing? Okay. Very good question. <laughs> I never G-Mac. understood that. Yeah, um, it's a blood test. Right. And the liver has, uh, as you know, is sort of the, um, it's a manufacturing and filter and rendering uh, plant. Well, it's a little more than a filter because the kidney is kind of more like an active filter. But the, the liver uh, makes things and it also breaks things down. Right. So, okay. you know, uh, but P.A. John is right. One thing, uh, a bunch of chemicals go in in one end. And a bunch of other chemicals come out the other end, so it is. It's, yeah, it's like a processing plant, or a, you know, a very complex filter. So, uh, to do this, there it needs enzymes. That's how the body does things: is with these giant proteins called enzymes, and they're little mechanical uh, or uh, little uh, molecular machines that clip uh, uh, bond, chemical bonds and and move things around and attach oxygen molecules to things. I mean, they're, they're, it's amazing what they do. And um, these, uh, because the liver is so specialized, there are certain uh, enzymes that are only found in the liver. Okay? Okay. So there's one called AST and there's another one called ALT. They're also called SGOT or SGPT. It doesn't matter what those things stand for. And uh, But they are uh, enzymes specific to the liver and when there is liver damage and the cells break open because when the liver damage means that there's death of some of the cells in the liver, right? Okay. Uh, when they break open, they will release these enzymes into the bloodstream, and you can detect them in blood work. All right. All right. So the AST and ALT usually be below 20. And in people uh, with cirrhosis that are having liver failure, they can be as high as 1,000. Wow. But what you usually find are these mildly elevated liver function tests. And uh, the vast majority of those are uh, from fatty liver. So people who, ha- and, and non-alcoholic fatty liver is a usually genetic. It's caused, we think, or it's associated with high triglycerides and high blood lipids. And people, uh, I see a lot more of it down here than, we, than I did when I was practicing in Vermont. And I always thought it was because of uh, people eating gravy biscuits and stuff like right. that down here, you know, right. and too much carbohydrates in their diet. But you can get this uh, it, fatty infiltration of the liver, and the fat cells kind of push the regular liver cells out of the way, and a few of them will die, and then you'll get a mildly elevated um, liver uh, test. 
And um, will, that will drinking affect it? Yes. Yeah. All right, because this is weird. Because I have a friend of mine back in Jersey. You know, I've known him for years and years. That I would probably best describe as a functioning alcoholic. Yeah. I mean, he drinks a lot. Okay, but he goes to work every day, and he has to have a company physical every year. And he always yeah. says, "Yep, my liver levels are fine." Yeah, because we always bust his balls. Like, dude, sure. you got to stop drinking. And he's like, "Nope, my liver levels are fine." So some people uh, can live to be ninety, smoking and drinking vodka right, and right. that thing. And some people. Uh, get cirrhosis when they're 25 and die of liver failure from drinking what isn't a whole lot more than what your friend was doing. Yeah. And uh, a lot of that is genetics, and it's just your your general sense or uh, uh, sensitivity to it and your susceptibility to being an alcoholic and your liver's ability to clear it. Right. And, you know, we so far we don't have a blood test that says, okay, P.A. John can drink and smoke as much as he wants, right. and it'll never affect him. But GVAC, if he does, he'll get liver failure or lung cancer. Right. We don't have that yet. So until we have that, we have to tell everybody to drink with moderation and, you know, all that stuff. So right. yeah, I was just wondering. I thought maybe it was completely, you know, it had nothing to do with drinking, like your liver levels measured something else. Like I thought maybe he was kidding himself, thinking, oh, I'm still healthy. Well, you know, but. well, he may be. That, that may be causing other problems. Right, but, right, uh, right. At least it doesn't seem to be affecting his liver yet. Cool. The... Um, uh, and drinking and taking Tylenol is a no-no as well uh, because there's association between Tylenol and binge drinking that can cause liver damage. And matter of fact, Tylenol is the number one way in Europe to kill yourself. Wow. You know, uh, an acetaminophen overdose. And P.A. John and I have worked in the emergency room. I know you've probably had Tylenol overdoses that you have to deal with. Wow. Um, what is that stuff that they give them? Is it N-acetylcysteine? I can't remember. It's been so long since I've been in there. The only thing that I remember is the, the charcoal, activated charcoal for... Yeah, you have to calculate how long it's been since they took it and how much they took and what the level is now. Right. And then it gives you a dose of this stuff to, to give them that inactivates the acetaminophen in their system. Wow. Or uh, binds up the liver. I, I, it's been a long time. That's Some ER cool. doc is screaming at the radio right now. But it's, um, I know with... Uh, uh, like polyethylene glycol uh, or ethylene glycol poisoning if someone drinks um, antifreeze or dogs will eat it because, or drink it because it, it tastes sweet to them and then they'll get poisoning. They'll actually give them alcohol intravenously to have the liver metabolize that instead of the ethylene glycol and then it'll pass through the system eventually on its own. So, But anyway, um, so this guy needs to avoid... Tylenol, and yeah, he shouldn't drink until they dope this out. Right. Now, I, I think that's a, it's probably um, a, a red herring because his real problem was fatigue and he's overweight and he has reflux. And those three things say one or two words to me, sleep apnea. Because people with sleep apnea will have negative pressures in the thorax, right? Because they're trying to, they're trying to breathe, gasping, and yeah. they have, and so they have these high negative pressures in the upper body, and that will tend, and with the big gut and laying on your back, will tend to force stomach contents out of the stomach and into the esophagus. Wow. And so when I have a guy with fatigue and overweight and reflux, I will often get a sleep study on them or at least query them to see if they're snoring really bad or if their partner uh, says that they stop breathing or whatever when they're sleeping. 
He did say he was working 15-hour days. Well, hell, that fatigued the shit out of anybody, no yep. matter who you are. Yep, yep, yep. And, oh, and his other thing was his testosterone uh, uh, is it's in the low normal range. I wouldn't treat that either, and certainly with liver uh, abnormalities, I would not treat him with testosterone replacement. Right. I don't think that's it. I think he's barking up the wrong tree. Now, there's somebody on the line, area code 210, and it may actually be this guy because he's asking about low testosterone and liver problems. Stephen, area code 210, was that your call that we just uh, that we just took? Yes, sir, it was. Okay, I, I, I had a funny feeling that was you. So did you, have you been on hold long enough to kind of hear what we were talking about? Yes, sir, I have been. Okay, uh, so let us, we very rarely get to do a pre-recorded call and then get to ask follow-up. This is P.A. John's favorite thing because he's always saying, well, I would like to ask. It's like, John, you can't, it's pre-recorded. <laughs> but um, uh, so do you snore uh, at night or has your partner ever told you that you stop breathing? Um, a couple of years ago, I, I was married, um, now divorced, and my ex-wife um, said that I would snore, um, not badly or anything like that, um, but just every once in a while, especially when I was not feeling well, I would snore, uh, and I think most people probably do because their head's congested, they're having a breathe in their mouth, sure. you know, all that good stuff. Well, and we're um, talking about the the but, roof sha- roof shaking type snoring is what we're talking about. No, um, and my now fiance that it's been a couple of years since I've been divorced. Um, my fiance now she has not said anything about it, and trust me, she would absolutely <laughs> tell me and or kick me out of the bed if I wasn't doing this. <laughs> well, um, I get, mean, we've done everything to um, uh, to help with my fatigue. I mean. Um, we even went out and bought one of those three thousand dollar freaking sleep number beds to to try to fix it because oh well maybe you're just not getting good enough sleep. Yeah. Um, I mean I sleep nine or ten hours, feel great for a couple of hours, and then by the afternoon I'm tired and want to go to bed. Yeah. Um. Mm. Now, uh, follow up since that last call, I did go get um, the liver um, sonograms done, and it came back normal. Hmm. Uh, there was no signs of fatty liver. Okay. Uh, well, fuck me on that one. Even though that does run in my family. Yeah. Um, my, my mother is a type 1 diabetic and has had diabetes since she was uh, late in her teens, which was very unusual. Most kids get it earlier in age. but um, And then my father got it uh, when he was about 35, but his is because of obesity and the man's... Um, he was 340 pounds at one time. I mean, yep. he was a very large man. Um, now he's down to about 210 pounds and actually is completely off of all of his medications. Nice. Good for um, him. So, so he had type 2 diabetes. As you guys say, get off your ass and get some exercise. That's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, and my thing is, is, my eating habits haven't changed. I'm also, and I don't know if I was able to tell you this, but I'm also gluten intolerant. Um, a couple of years ago when um, I was going through all of my my gastro issues, um, the doctor ran a celiac test and it came back positive. Okay. Uh, so since then, I've been on a gluten-free, very strict diet, um, and my son also has it so all of us 
my fiance, my son, and I, all of us eat the same thing. Yep. Um, that helped your so reflux, it, by the way. It did not. Did not. No, it's just as bad. Hmm. Um, and I will be going back and seeing that doctor here probably next month or so. Okay. And having a serious discussion as to doing something else because the, on average, on average, um, I normally get sick because of the reflux at least at least once every two weeks. Yeah, me too. Sometimes more often, sometimes less often. Me too. You and I and probably have the same. That's okay. Fun. You talk. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, uh, you and I probably have the uh, the same kind of reflux, which is mechanical reflux. You've got an open sphincter down there, and when you're laying down at yeah. night, uh, and for me, I can't eat after 6, 7 o'clock because if I do, I know I'll be refluxing all night. And when I do, I wake up nauseated, and I've got diarrhea, and all of a sudden, I mean, it just gets, it, it just gets everything all revved up in there. It's horrible. It's horrendous. Wow. So I've been considering uh, getting a fundoplication done, which is a uh, a surgery where they actually go in and tighten up that sphincter down there. Um, I, this yeah. is before you have surgery. Uh, I'd really want you to uh, grill your fiance and have her wa- wake up in the middle of the night and watch you sleep. And let's just make absolutely sure that you don't have some sort of uh, sleep apnea. And you don't have to have obstructive sleep apnea. You can have central sleep apnea. Those people don't snore. They just stop breathing. And uh, that's something she wouldn't notice unless she was paying attention. So let's um, get her to uh, to look at you and, uh, and, and see if that's going on. If it is, then you need a sleep study before you have the fundoplication because you may be able to avoid unnecessary surgery if you get that treated. Would it be huh. easier to get just a camera? And put in the room or know, what, an like audio the recorder. Para- paranormal yeah, I was activity. Say, that'd be creepy, like that night vision. When you thing. see some little girl just standing <laughs> over you all night, how fucking creepy! Staring at you. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, you've got a really complicated set of symptoms, my friend, and it's I, I'm I'm not sure we can yeah. tie it all into one thing, uh, but. Um, uh, I would be really interested to find out what they find on your liver test. Also, hey, let me ask you this. This is kind of a what we call a zebra. In Tennessee, if you hear footprint or hoof beats behind you, it's probably a horse, not a zebra. So in this case, the, the rare diagnosis would be um, called a zebra. And is there anybody in your family that had emphysema at an early age? or such severe asthma that they had to be put in the hospital when they were young. And when I say young, I'm talking about 20s to 30s, something like that. Yeah, actually my mother. Um, and my son, um, just, and this is very weird that you're bringing this up, but my son has bad asthma. Actually, we, what, last night we had to give him uh, his nebulizer because uh, he's having a hard time breathing. Um Okay. And the doctors have told us that, you know, uh, well, his is activated by allergies. Yeah. Right and it, now, it, 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 it may very well be. His may not be related to anything, but let me just throw this out for yeah. you and uh, get a pencil and paper and write this down and just ask him to test it. And just say, because my mom had so much problems with her lungs and, I, and I'm having trouble with my liver, uh, I read an article or I heard on the radio, you could say that, that there's this uh, mm-hmm. a genetic condition called alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency. Now, uh, what is it? It's called alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency. And uh, when you 
in your, uh, particularly in your lungs, uh, there uh, there is this process that's going on all the time where this enzyme trypsin is trying to eat your lungs up, and you have to have this anti-trypsin uh, chemical in there to block uh, this enzyme, right? Hmm. And if you don't have it, then you can get emphysema at an early age. You can get uh, liver problems. But if you're a carrier, if you have one gene instead of two, and they need to do an alpha-1 antitrypsin uh, phenotype, and um, uh, if you're just a carrier of the disease, you could just have elevated liver function tests and no other problem. And those people should not smoke, and they got to go easy on the drinking. But it's just something that you could throw out there, and it's a, it's kind of a zebra, but every once in a while, if you look for it uh, in the right context, you'll find it. Okay. So it's worth looking at. Yeah, you know? why not? Why not exhaust every possible thing, right? Right. And if and if that's what it is, then you can kind of put that to the side and just know you got to modify your risk factors and know that you may be a, that you may be passing that on to your kid too. Uh, it's unlikely they'll get the mm-hmm. disease because you're just a carrier and you're passing on one gene. So, but anyway, just something to th- sure. just something to think about. All right, buddy. All right. Keep us Very in the loop. Much. Let us know what's going on with you. I don't know that we solved anything, but at least. Uh, uh, you know, it's something to talk about. Oh, wait, P.A. John's got something. I do have a question. Okay, go P.A. John. You, you said that you were working approximately 15 hours, 12 to 15 hours a day. What is, is that yep. every day, five to seven days yeah, a week? Yeah, so I work, in the, I work in the oil and gas industry, um, and uh, a lot of my days start at 4 a.m. and will end at, sometimes six or eight in the evening. Oh. Um, and well, so a lot of it is, is driving. Um, I'm in a high-risk industry, just the first place of, you know, carcinogens and my arms up, you know, in crude oil and all kinds of other good stuff. And it's probably stressful, and so too. there's a long... Oh, very much so. Yes, very much so. Okay, as usual, P.A. John goes for the simple answer, and he's probably right. Find a new job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the liver thing could be I coming from the, the, the liver thing could. I mean, it's not impossible. It's workplace uh, or it's environmental. And the fatigue is just from burning the candle at both ends. It, it could be as simple as that. And screw my genetic, uh, you know, molecular answer. Well, you know, uh, so I can, I that's can something relate. to look at, too. I can relate. I was working in an orthopedic trauma uh, facility. Yeah. And my morning was starting at uh, 4.30 a.m. getting up to be at the office, not getting home until 6 o'clock at night. Yep. I would fall asleep on the couch. I, my wife would wake me up. I would eat dinner, and I'd go right back to the couch, fall asleep, get up, then go to bed, get up the next morning and do the same thing again and yep. again and again. Yeah. And I couldn't do it, yeah. so I found a new job to where I had to, didn't have to be at work until nine, right. and then I got off at four. Damn! So Jeez, must I mean, be nice. It was, it was great, <laughs> and so beat I, off breaks during the day. Beat off, more like jerk off breaks. <laughs> well, okay. They jerk me off, not me beating myself. Oh, I got it. Okay, I'll see. Okay, no, but that's what that's what I did. Yeah, I. It sounds to me like it's probably a. Improper chi flow, and he should see an acupuncturist. I'll stick that in for Doctor. <laughs> okay, Doctor. <laughs> Scott isn't here, right? You have malodorous chi. Well, that's Doctor. Scott's diagnosis for everybody. All right, man. Uh, take that into consideration as well. It may be something as simple as that. Let us know how it goes. Okay. All right. Thank you, gentlemen. Okay. Yep, good, good luck. luck buddy. Thanks. Yeah, well, rarely we get some follow up. 
Yeah, that was cool. He's he's listening to his recorded (laughs) question and calls in. Yeah, that's That's pretty cool. Well, he had just called in this morning, and I took that off while we were doing show prep, and I said, call in around 11, 1130. So, okay, I think we got time to take one more. Uh, Area code 865 says screening failed, no charge. So uh, there we go. So this one we're just taking blind. What's up? You're on Weird Medicine. All right, then. Hey, quick question for you. Is it possible to get athlete's feet or athlete's foot in your ear? Because I, like most guys, I'll scratch between my toes and not think anything about it, and it's scratching my ear. Now I've got, I don't know if it's a fungus or what, but it is a brown, crusty, painful, burning thing in my ear canal. Absolutely you can. You can get fungal infections of the ear canal just like you can any other piece of skin. And uh, uh, your primary care doc can um, uh, get you some uh, uh, antifungal drops to put in there. And uh, they'll probably uh, add a little steroid to it to get some of the inflammation out of there at the same time. It seems weird to use a steroid, which increases your chances of getting a fungal infection and an antifungal, but actually the antifungal activity overpowers that. So. Mm. Um, but that would be something that you would have to get. You got to get that specific for the ear. You don't want to buy over-the-counter creams or sprays or anything right. to put in your ear. Exactly right. So this one you need to see your doctor, and they may even want to do a culture on it because it may not be fungus; it could be a bacteria as well. And uh, they'll do that, and then they'll give you some drops, and you'll get better. Somebody needs to look okay. in your ear too. Okay. Yeah. All right, buddy. Okay. Let me let me know how it goes. Okay. All right. Cool. Good luck, brother. All right, next show we will have uh, another question for Ashley, our uh, friend who is a rural prostitute, because guys in the country need loving too. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, we're we're working on our 100th show. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't think we're going to do anything. We'll just have a bunch of people here, and it'll be a big clusterfuck. Perfect. But GVAC and I were thinking of doing music. Yeah, yeah, we want to do a jam. Because we're going to do a two-hour show. Oh. We should do some requests. I want to yeah, do if somebody has a fun, I just can't think anything. If you, you on piano, me on acoustic, or we could rock out, whatever. You know, I don't want to do, doctor, doctor, bring me the news. <laughs> you know, I, I, that would be so hacky. Yeah. So I want something a little bit more uh, advanced than that, but I just can't think anything. Listeners, we need your help. My dad plays an Irish fiddle okay we'll bring him perfect what the fuck it will just make this into a complete perfect. turd fest <laughs> pa john's dad i on play the, the radio there you go <laughs> yeah you could be our dj <laughs> i don't know we'll think of something i'm sure someone will have a good suggestion or something will pop i would like to get some of our friends in the business to send us well wishes on our hundredth but i kind of hate to send that email out too yeah you know yeah. let's, let's just not do anything Nothing we'll do at a, all? We'll do a two-hour show. We'll have... A straight-up show? Lawyer bitch and, you know, people like that. And we'll just... Whatever. We'll play some music, though. All right, cool. All right, cool. All right. Well, anyway, thanks to everybody. Thanks to P.A. John. Thanks to GVAC. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemails and topic ideas make this job very easy. Till next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Comfortably numb.